This is the Content Creator Society, an organization that exists to unite and empower all content creators through inspiration and education. Each week, we bring you insights from content creators from around the world that will inspire you, educate you, and entertain you. We're all in this together. I'm Bonner Bolter. Pack it all in for life on the road. Well, that's what Coleman Molnar did many years ago, and he hasn't looked back. Coleman and his partner Lisa left their jobs in the fashion and entertainment publication industry with the confines of a slightly used Westphalia camper van. Um, when we moved into the van, our lives got a little bit more interesting. And while that might seem like a rash decision for most, they did so with a well-defined plan. Along with their new camper van life, they launched a brand and agency called Leaco. When we, when we launched Leaco Media, we knew that we wanted to have a channel of our own where we could build our own audience um, and practice what we preach to all of our clients. The Instagram account of the fledgling agency soon grew to over 17,000 followers. Our real goal in growing our audience system is to monetize it, then we're, we're already there, so we're trying to focus on that. Now the road hasn't been easy, and there have been some bumps and the odd breakdown along the way. But through it all, they've managed to build a successful influencer lifestyle brand that companies seek to help bring awareness to their products. But we also made a list of, of um, partners that we'd love to have, and we, and we proactively reached out to them. So let's catch up with Coleman to find out how he went from a camper van life to a successful agency life. Welcome to the Content Creator Society interviews. Today on the show, we've got a very special guest. Um, we have Coleman Molnar. And Coleman is not only a content creator extraordinaire uh, with Leah Co, but he is also a co-collaborator in the Content Creator Society interviews and news and all things Content Creator Society. So welcome, Coleman. Thanks for having me, Bonner. What a treat to be a guest on this on this podcast. <laughs> it's, it feels rather narcissistic. <laughs> I'm not above it. No, not at all. Anyway, listen, I'm, uh, you know, I appreciate you taking the time. We, we started this podcast, uh, you know, about a month and a half ago. We're up to this. This is going to be episode number eight. Um, and I thought it might be high time that we get one of us on the show and we can, yeah, I can interview you. You can interview me. This is, this is very much like when Stephen Colbert has Jon Stewart on a show, you know, and then yeah, Stan, Steve Carell. Yeah. And then they take that opportunity to interview Stephen Colbert. So this is our version of that. So maybe we'll do this from time to time. Yeah, I love it. So why don't you start with, and I start this with everybody for the most part, why don't you start with um, telling me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your audience and kind of who you are, that 30,000 foot level. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm a journalist and a marketer. Um, I grew up in a small town in British Columbia, which is where I am right now, actually. Uh, I returned after uh, um, 10 years of travel and um, living in Toronto and Vancouver and bigger cities. Um, I went to school at Thompson Rivers University. I took journalism. I did a couple of unpaid internships, um, which led me into the um, print publication business. I then shifted over to digital, which is where I really got um, a taste for content creation as, as we discuss it here on the podcast. Um, and where I really understood the value of the skills that I had, um, built in my, in my career and in school. Uh, since then, um, I've launched, um, Leah Co media with my partner, Lisa Philip Chuck. We traveled for two years in our, um, Volkswagen Vanagon, um, working from wherever there's Wi-Fi, Um, and today we, we maintain that business, um, from our house here in Merritt and, uh, wherever we go with our laptops. And then tell me a little bit about the audience that you've built uh, since your your days of leaving your day job and you know going out to live in a van. Yeah, so 
when we when we launched the Echo Media, we knew that we wanted to have a channel of our own where we could build our own audience um, and practice what we preach to all of our clients because we're always saying you should put out consistent, regular quality content to a niche audience. Um, so when we moved into the van, I mean, before that, actually, we had a we just created an Instagram account called Lee at Co. And it was just basically my partner, Lisa, and I showcasing ourselves and our lives. Um, when we moved into the van, our lives got a little bit more interesting. <laughs> and uh, and when, particularly when we were taking pictures of the, of the van out in the wilderness or us camping in the city or whatever, um, we really started to get uh, good engagement and uh, garner quite an audience. We're up to around 17,000 now. And walk me through the growth of that audience from, you know, nothing to 17,000? Was it stops and spurts? Was it, you know, bit by bit where there are times when you added a bunch of people or, um, you know, how did that kind of progress? Absolutely. Um, it was, it was slow at first. I mean, we had our, you know, few hundred friends that came over from our personal accounts. Um, we started to pick up like some style followers and stuff like that early on when we were still, um, you know, plugged into the Toronto, um, lifestyle media network. Um, and, and then it did, it did certainly come in spurts when we were in the van, really, really living the van life. People were, were clamoring on board because we were particularly in our Instagram stories, we were showcasing our day to day and we would have great engagement and, or, you know, almost a thousand people regularly watching our, watching our stories. Um, so it grew in spurts there. And then, you know, when we'd come back to Toronto and sort of hunker down for a few months and our life became less, I don't know what Instagram wants to see less butts and vans. Um, it, it would, it would slow down. Um, last year when we went to Southeast Asia, we, we took part in a contesting, um, growth thing, which, which netted a few thousand followers, to be honest, retrospectively, we wouldn't have done it. Um, we felt like it was a little bit mishandled by the organizers. They, they sold it as being, um, more about reposting and then it was more about contesting and the contesting followers as most people will know. So you can get quality, um, followers from contesting. Absolutely. Um, but you have to work a little bit harder to maintain them. And so those have been falling off. That's, that's um, so it was interest, interesting for us to experiment with that, you know, because we get asked those questions all the time. How do you hack Instagram growth? And there's so many ways to do it. You can outright buy it. You can contest. You can pay for promotion on other channels. Um, they all work to different degrees. Um, we've experimented with a few of them. Right now, we're just trying to be organic, focus more on um, what we're producing and, and, and frankly, monetizing that because... We're at a point now with seventeen thousand where we can we can make money off partnerships. We can we can sell affiliate products. Um, we can go higher, and we and we want to. But you know, if the if the our real goal in growing our audience system is to monetize it, then we're we're already there. So we're trying to focus on that. So then, tell me a little bit about how your partnerships come to be. Um, and you know, at one point, at what point did people start to reach out to you? Was there a threshold where it was you know, twelve thousand followers, and you started to get inquiries? Um, that's question number one. And then question number two is how do you handle that as, as requests come in? Yeah. Um, we set our sights on the 5,000 mark early on just because that was sort of an industry standard. Like that was the year you could be an influencer and, and start, start to charge people for promotion, excuse me. Um, when you hit 5,000, I think we had a bit of an advantage because we came from the lifestyle magazine industry where we were privy to conversations about, uh, partnership advertising. So we knew how, how to speak to brands about content um, 
on on other channels because we had worked in that industry. I was the digital editor of the National Lifestyle Publication, and brands would come and they'd say, "Oh, we got this high end vodka. We don't just want to run a banner ad. We want to create some some content around it." So we were able to take those skills. Um, we created a media kit for our website um, and for our publication, which I think is something that a lot of influencers maybe don't do, or some maybe don't even know is a thing, but it showed our reach. It showed why we do what we do. It gave a little bit of background on who we were. Um, and then from there, uh, we, we, we did have some brands reach out to us, um, early on, but we also made a list of, of, um, partners that we'd love to have. And we, and we proactively reached out to them and that actually resulted in our first major partnership because it lasted a year with, with, um, MEC mountain equipment co-op. Um, and we ran a bunch of races. We wore a bunch of their gear. We did some content. We met up with their team and some other influence, influencers on there. Um, they called it the top crew, take only photos, leave only footprints. Um, so it was a mix of being able to, to talk the talk and also uh, being proactive. And then when you... Um, so actually, let's, let's dig into the media kit a little bit. What does your media kit as an influencer consist of? Um, it's got our reach. It's got who our audience is, where they're from, their age, um, reach being um, the number of followers we have on Instagram, newsletter, Twitter, Facebook. You know, we we genuinely focus on on Instagram, um, but we do have some other channels with you know a few hundred followers or a thousand followers each, um, and we include um, some bits of our content that we're proud of, either sponsored or just completely organic original. Um, what else is on that media kit? It's been a while since I've opened it. I don't think we have. I don't think we have rates for partnerships or anything like that because honestly, we will we will do partners with Jack's Corner Store down the road, and for Jack, we'll charge a couple hundred bucks, and for you know a, a multinational corporation that has billions of dollars in marketing budget, it's it's more. <laughs> are do you are you selective about the partners you work with in in that respect? So you've got this small small guys, you've got the larger large you know national corporations. Do you make choices on who you're going to work with? Absolutely. Um, and there's, there's no real one metric of, uh, we, we try to be true to our brand to keep our, our content as authentic as possible, but as marketers and as people who preach the value of, um, content marketing, we, we are perhaps a little bit more flexible with who we take on because we want we want to show our clients that you can make quality content with partners, even if not if they're even if they're not an exact perfect fit. Um. So yes, we've said no to plenty of partnerships to answer your question. Yeah. Um. And we've said yes to some partnerships that weren't weren't um exactly simpatico because either they we liked the way they approached it, we liked the way they um, treated their their content team, or because they had a lot of budget. You know, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes there's enough money in it where we can say, okay, we can make a bit of a concession here on our brand values mm -hmm. so that we can get this income. Where do you see, so you've been, you've been building for, for a while and you've, I mean, your, your feed is, you know, very clean. It's very consistent. Um, I guess extremely consistent. Um, where now, where do you see influencing or, uh, you know, content creation for people like yourself going in the future? What, what does the future hold for us? I mean, brands are obviously coming to people more often now. I see a lot of, you know, collaborations. Um, you know, clearly Instagram's added you know, 
the collaborator tag and all that kind of stuff as we, you know, as, as we all grow in this business. Where do you see this, uh, the next step of um, content creation and for people like yourselves uh, in the business? Is this a business that's going to you know, explode uh, given that we're in these COVID-19 times? Is this a business that has is plateaued? Um, you know, where, where do you see things going from your point of view? I don't think we've reached a plateau yet. I think that COVID-19 has exposed the need and efficacy of the system of at-home content creation. Um, the fact that Jimmy Kimmel, in my perspective, is more entertaining at home with his kids doing the intro than in a massive studio with hundreds of staff surrounding him tells me that, like, yeah, this is this is the potential future. At least it's one future. I think that um, networks are going to start to downscale that, that, um, you know, the little, the little content producers that can grow a large audience with a small budget and, uh, a small network, um, are going to be, uh, successful, most successful moving forward. So I- I'm bullish. I'm, I'm extremely bullish on content marketing. Um, I think that this, the market downturn is only going to, um, accelerate the growth that we've been experiencing the last 10 years. That's actually good to hear. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you, do you agree, Bonner? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do agree. I, between you know, it's it's hard to see. You know, my my point of view really is you have these uh, really um, ex, um, professional people, Jimmy Kimmel, as you mentioned, and some others who are now you know on the channels that were uh, dominated by. Um, content creators without the backing of the machine. And the reality is, if you take a look at Stephen Colbert or some of these others, even CNN, for example, which are doing things from home, they have a team that have put in satellite trucks, lights, cameras, the whole nine yards, and they look, then they're, they're putting out great content. So it becomes more difficult uh, at some level, some level to compete. However, you know, it's not about the production value so much as it is about the content that's going out there. Um, I want to ask you a couple last questions because I do try to keep these to 15 minutes. That's the format as best I can. So it's a standard question I ask at the end of every show. Um, And the first one is, if you had one piece of advice, one salient tip, this was your last thing you could tell somebody who is a content creator, either in the business today or thinking about getting into the business, what would that one piece of advice be? Oh man, it's so hard. can I give you two, Bonner? Because, because you are a co-collaborator in this, I will give you two, but this only goes for you. Well, one of them is actually something that you told me when you, because you started um, digital biking when you were in your mid-30s. Yes, correct. And you told me that your only regret was that you didn't start it 10 years earlier. And that, and that really struck, and that, that struck me at the right time in my career. Because that was when I was considering starting my own business and I was, you know, tentatively going about it. And that advice just made me realize like, yeah, there's no, there's no better time than now. And I will be glad every moment in the future that I started it now. Um, so, you know, I guess that that advice is like the, the best time to plant a tree is yesterday. And the second best time is today. Um, and then, and then I guess my second bit of advice, which kind of builds on that is to, don't just start building, but but build a plan and put dates. Um, a huge part of um, how we came out of the gate um, successfully um, in our business and with our, our our Instagram channel was having a workback plan where we put important goals, 
um, important dates and we assigned them to each other and we held ourselves to it. So over the course of six months, we went from just like having some beers and drawing thoughts um, on a on a big piece of paper to having a full blown business with uh, a corporate identity and you know brand guidelines and the st- uh, the start of a of a following um, and even some clients. Um, and uh, I think that was in large part because we were holding ourselves to a strict schedule. Um, and then the, the follow-up to all that always is if there is one piece of equipment or software or something that you use that helps you get content from point A to point B, like what is it that you could not live without? I'm going to, I'm going to point to you again. You, you, you gave me this one, Bonner <laughs> diptych. It costs like a dollar 25 a year and it is the fastest way to crop photos. I'm a writer. I spend most of my time in Google docs and word just hammering on the keyboard, but every day I'm sizing photos for websites for our own Instagram. Um, I used to use Photoshop. It would take a while to open. It would crash. It would save files too big. Diptych is like super simple. You can use it on your phone. You can do it on a computer. I can crop a photo in like 15 seconds using this app and uh, I use it every day. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot of people out there that would prefer to use things like Photoshop, Illustrator, you know, what have you, because it's professional, quote unquote. Yeah. and Boy, that's really like using, um, you know, a sledgehammer to drive, you know, a thumbtack into the into the ground. Um, sometimes there's there's all these apps. That's one of them that are a buck. They're you know, quote unquote, not professional, but you know, they get the job done in an awful hurry. So that that's a, that is a good one for sure. I I actually haven't used it for a long time. I should I should probably go back. I, I've actually found myself sort of veering back into Photoshop land a little bit. Um, I don't know why I do that. I, sh- I probably should. You're not do that. spending enough time cropping photos. That's why. <laughs> if you're spending hours a day, you'd be like, "Oh, I need time to get yeah. tick back, save myself a bunch of time." This is very true. Well, listen, Coleman, I want to thank you for taking the time to come and talk to me. Um, I uh, I appreciate it. You're a busy guy. I know out there, you know, getting your Leoco and doing the tide. Cha- you're not doing the tide pod challenge. You are, no, we're not doing that. No, one. no, but I did see this tide. Uh, you even piece. saying that is like breach of our contract. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't eat. No, no, no. But I did see that 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 tide piece, which was quite. It was a. It was great. Um, where can people find you online? Um, at Lietko on Instagram. That's at L I E T C O, and I'm Cole Manjaro, C O L E M A N J A R O on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to check us out there. That's great. Everyone go and follow him. He and his partner, Lisa, they do some amazing work. They probably have one of the most consistently uh, consistent Instagram feeds that I know. And that because you are a writer, it's not just interesting to look at the photos. It's also interesting to read the content underneath the photos. So thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Bonner. Great chatting with you. That was Coleman Walner. You can find him and his partner, Lisa, on Instagram at Lietko. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing and perhaps leaving a comment. The Content Creator Society audio production is by Justin Dama. Original music is also by Justin Dama. You can follow the Content Creator Society on Instagram at Content Creator Society. We also have the Content Creator Society news podcast, which is a bi-monthly rundown of content news hosted by Coleman and myself. Thanks for listening, everybody. 